The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event details on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Thank you so much, everybody. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you, uh, those of you keeping score, exactly two weeks from today, America will hold the midterms, and I am mid-sided. I'll tell you why. Because on election night, The Late Show will be live right there. You know that's The Late Show promise. We never leave you hanging. We will give you updates on all the races as Americans turn out to answer this year's big question, democracy, hot or not? <laughs> and it looks like, it's beginning to look like we're going to have a nail-biter here because polls have the race tightening as Republicans gain momentum. But in what could be a good sign for Democrats, early voting turnout is breaking records, possibly because of those signs outside of polling stations, democracy closing, everything must go. <laughs> You know, I'm so crazy. <laughs> crazy Eddie's democracy sale. Midterms are typically a referendum on the sitting president, which is why Joe Biden is getting out there with a powerful closing message. I am also aware that I am very old. I think it's a legitimate thing to be concerned about anyone's age, including mine. I think that's totally legitimate. But I think the best way to make the judgment is to... Uh, to, you know, watch me. You know, am I slowing up? Am I don't have the same pace as her? You know, uh, and that old joke, you know, uh, um, everybody talks about the, you know, the new 70s, 50s, and all that stuff. Hey, hey, I get it. Joe gets it. I tell you. I got it, I got it. It's, it's like that old joke, you know, the one about the two fellas. I think one was a salesman. Other, I believe, was a lonely farmhand. There was definitely, definitely a horse in there. We all left. That's the point. <laughs> point is, there was a man who got up to all kinds of shenanigans in Nantucket. God bless him. I hope he's okay. <laughs> the president followed that up with an even more reassuring message. I could get a disease tomorrow. I could, you know, drop dead tomorrow. I mean, come on. 
I, 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 I could die tomorrow. Anything could get me. Disease, strong wind, particularly spicy chili. The Democrats are also rolling out a president from two terms ago who is somehow a million years younger, Barack Obama. Yesterday, Obama... Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Anytime you want. Yesterday, Obama released a new get-out-the-vote aimed at the younglings. For those of you who are just turning 18 and were only three or four when I was elected, my name's Barack Obama. I was the 44th president of the United States, and I have the best jump shot in White House history. It's true, he has the best jump shot, but not the best dunk. That was President Rutherford B. Hayes. <laughs> B stands for baller. Then, to make his case, Obama showed the youths that he is still hashtag with it. I've heard a lot recently about how voting doesn't solve everything, and I can see why you might think that. It won't make Outer Banks or Euphoria Season 3 or Rihanna's new album drop any faster. Okay. <laughs> I love that man, but that has real youth pastor sitting in the chair backwards energy. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Listen. Listen. Listen, you guys. Listen, I'm gonna... I, I'm gonna yeet some truths your way. No cap. You know, Archie from Riverdale wasn't the only one to come back to life. Let me tell you about... about an influencer who got a lot of likes even though he only had 12 followers, okay? <laughs> now everyone partake of his body yaddy yaddy <laughs> There's another high-profile Democrat with a new ad. Senate Majority Leader and petting zoo tortoise thrilled to see the children. <laughs> Charles Schumer. Schumer's up for re-election in New York, and he just released this ad with a fun lesson in Yiddish. Let's start with an easy one. Schmoes. January 6th, Ashanda. Nachas, how we felt when we passed the boldest climate legislation in history. I'm Chuck Schumer, and I approve this message because fighting for New York is no shtick for me. Oy vey. <laughs> that is Meshuggana. In this year's election, marijuana legalization is on the ballot in five states. Legalization is growing in popularity, but of course it comes with its own issues. For instance, a new California lawsuit alleges one brand of weed didn't get the plaintiffs high enough. <laughs> apparently, apparently the stoners filing the lawsuit were furious that a cannabis company in California sold joints labeled with much higher THC content than they actually contained. THC is the ingredient that it gives weed the high. And these joints obviously did not contain enough THC because they were still able to file a lawsuit. <laughs> you smoke good enough weed. You smoke good enough weed. So I hear. So I hear. You smoke good enough weed, and the only reason you're calling your lawyer is to say, listen to this guitar solo. <laughs> Are you listening? Listen.
What'd you think? <laughs> Across the pond, everyone's welcoming Britain's new prime minister, uh, Rishi Sunak, seen here holding the briefcase that contains all of Britain's most magical wands. <laughs> At 42, Sunak is also the youngest UK prime minister in over 200 years and is considered by many to be very handsome, leading to his nickname, Dishy Rishi. <laughs> So much better than their last prime minister's nickname. Hey, chief, there you are. <laughs> That's the lady over there. We'll never know. She wasn't there long enough to write her name down. <laughs> really? Oh. Oh, for the last prime minister. You can't name her name. <laughs> On three, let's all say her name. One, two, three. Yes. Holy Wow. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Please accept my apologies. <laughs> In his first speech as PM, Sunak warned that the UK is facing a profound economic crisis, but people are questioning if he really gets the plight of the average Briton because he is worth, and I'm rounding down here, a gigabuttload. Sunak and his wife's fortune has been valued at 730 million pounds, which I think is even more in Fahrenheit. <laughs> his father-in-law is famous for co-founding software firm Infosys, which is worth $78 billion. And in an interview, Sunak once said this. I have friends who are aristocrats. I have friends who are upper class. I have friends who are, you know, working class. But I'm not working class. Oh. Oh. We know. <laughs> no one with that accent has working-class friends. I know of all the regular folk, you know, Sir Wattingham of Twinsby, the Duke of Shropshire, the Marquis de Chisholm. Every Tuesday, we go down to the gazebo and we shoot peasants with crossbows. It's a ripping good time. Yes. Rishi's so richy that the prime minister's family is actually richer than the royals. Okay, sure, but that's after paying Prince Andrew's legal bills. <laughs> Speaking, oh, Prince Andrew fans too? Really? What's his last name? He doesn't have one. <laughs> Never trust anyone who doesn't have a last name. Speaking of not being as rich as he used to be, music icon Kanye West or, or yay, seen here pointing to his worst enemy. Today, Adidas finally ended their massive deal with Kanye West after his anti-Semitism controversy. To which I say, yay! So, no more shoe. If you want something as fashionable as Yeezys, you'll have to microwave a crock. I say, it's about damn time Adidas did something. Kanye's been calling him out. Listen to what he said 10 days ago. I could say anti-Semitic things and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? Now they dropped you. <laughs> the company... They dropped you.
The company released a statement saying, after a thorough review, the company has taken the decision to terminate the partnership with Ye. Even worse for West, Adidas is now teaming up with Pete Davidson. <laughs> they just, yes? Yep. They're making a new 10-inch shoe. <laughs> In addition, yeah? Yeah? Somebody reads the news? Somebody reads the news? In addition to Adidas, several companies severed ties with Kanye, including fashion house Balenciaga, talent agency CAA, and Vogue. When asked for comment, a spokeswoman for Vogue said... I don't understand why it's so difficult to... Not be a Nazi! Thank you, Ms. Priestley. We have got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Eddie Redmayne. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event details on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest tonight is the Academy Award-winning actor you know from the theory of everything, the Danish girl, and fantastic beasts, and where to find them. He now stars in The Good Nurse. You know, I don't want to talk about Parkfield. It's... Why not? Is it because what they're saying is true? Because, you know, I'm... I wouldn't care if you did those things. I mean, I could understand. You could explain. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Eddie Redmayne. Thank you for having me, mate. Nice to see you, uh, and a lot in a few days, because I had the pleasure of interviewing for about a half an hour at the Montclair Film Festival on Saturday night. I had a great time. I hope you did, too. I had a wonderful time. It was, um, it was a treat. It was amazing to be in Montclair talking about a film that took place kind of close by. Well, that, yeah. that's just the thing, is that I also got to see uh, the movie The Good Nurse, and um, a beautiful performance from you and, and from Jessica Chastain, and a fascinating story, but harrowing. Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying to know, because this is a true story of uh, Charles Cullen. Yeah. Okay, so you're playing this serial killer who... Police? How many do they... He confessed to how many killings well, he, he, as he, a nurse, where he poisoned... He conf- how did he do he, it? So he, um, he was a nurse, 
um, and a gentle, kind, seemingly self-deprecating, sort of funny man um, who ingratiated himself to people, uh, but was killing... Well, he was... Specifically, he um, admitted to 29, but I think it, they think it might be between more in the sort of 400. Uh, um, so people believe he may be the most prolific serial killer in American history. Um, and he was doing it by injecting something called digoxin and insulin into saline bags. And these bags were just going out from the storerooms. He would do it in the storerooms. Yeah. They weren't his patients. They, they weren't, weren't necessarily connected to no, him. No, it was, it was, they would go out like bombs. And, but the terrifying thing is that some of the institutions kind of knew or s suspected that he was kind of doing it. That is the most harrowing part, is yeah. that there's no way, they didn't know anything, there was no suspicion, and they just... They moved him on. Exactly, yeah. because they didn't want to deal with the ramifications, yeah. one imagines. So it took this extraordinary woman, a woman called Amy Lochran, played by Jessica, who was single mum, is a single mum, uh, night nurse, who became very close to Charlie, and it took her to kind of accomplish what the systems failed to do. So in some ways, the film, what I thought was amazing about the film when I read it, is it's, it's almost like a, it's a sort of hero's journey and focuses more on, on her than, than it does on the horrific things that he was doing. And I don't want to give anything away about the film. I feel like film. I've given quite a lot away. No, you have, you have, man. <laughs> people, can, people can look up. People can look up who the guy was. No Google spoilers, is, no Google is your tons enemy. Of spoilers. But, but yeah. the one thing I won't spoil is basically, essentially, how that all came about that it was, it was, it was, the police got the proof is that it was related to her own humanity and decency, essentially. Exactly. And the thing that I thought was, because you're right, there, there, there's so many true crime films and, and TV series out there now, but what I found unique about this is it's this woman managed to prevent what all the systems had failed to do, mm -hmm. but through compassion and humanity, and, uh, and that was uh, intriguing to me. I understand you and Jessica, did you, you did nursing training, so you we would did. get this right, because there's a whole lot of sort of, you know, uh, in the run of doing this movie, you're treating patients. Yeah. How, how did that go? Uh, uh, not so great. Um, <laughs> For you? I'm, I'm, I'm a f***ing useless nurse, it transpires. Um, so, yeah, we you went... didn't get to treat actual patients, did no, you? No, we didn't, we didn't. We went to nurse school, uh, which involved this amazing guy called Joe, who was a pediatric ICU nurse, teaching Jessica and I for a few weeks the intricacies of, of nursing. Um, various things I learned. Uh, one is that I'm not good in a crisis. Uh, <laughs> Jessica really good in a crisis because Jessica's like really decisive and we'll, we'll, we, you know, we'll, we'll go in and, and come up with a conclusion quickly. Whereas I, I spend a lot of time dithering. Like I sort of, I, I don't quite know. I'm like, oh, maybe I should do it. But there's an odd thing also with, like we were taught CPR and the thing that they get wrong often in films and TV with CPR is that they bend their arms when, when you're doing that and you're meant to have straight arms. Um, really? Randomly you do it to the, to the rhythm of uh, staying alive by the Bee Gees. Sure. Uh, 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 so, okay, but, but the other thing they don't really tell you is that you also have to do it so hard that you almost break ribs. Like, and, and, and so, so that thing I find kind of, that's a bit stressful because you're like, this person's, this person's like clearly might be dying, but maybe they're not dying. And what if I go and break their ribs? Maybe I'm killing them. Maybe I'm going to yeah. kill them. Is, but so, so you're not great in a crisis, but did you learn anything? Could you like give me my booster shot? Absolutely not. So I just spent a lot of time. <laughs> you couldn't stick a needle no, in me? No, they, they gave me a lot. I, they would find, the director would find me in the morning with these, um, uh, like models, these dummies, like injecting 
things like because I was so bad at it. But when you're actually doing the the, the, the piece itself, you have to look like you know what you're doing. And sure. in our in our first take of the first uh, scene, so it's a bit nerve wracking on day one. Anyway, I managed to inject uh, inject myself in my thumb. <laughs> uh, so I'm not lying when I say I was a pretty horrendous nurse. Yeah. We have to take a quick break, but stick around. We'll be right back with more Eddie Redmayne, everybody. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, everybody, we're back with the star of The Good Nurse, Eddie Redmayne. You've been, you've been performing since you were little. Like, when, when did you first start acting? Uh... I first, I did it at school when I was a kid. Okay. Um, but did you love it right away? Always loved it. It was a bug. It was a passion. When it was did that those... passion or that bug? When did when did you when did you say, okay, no, this is what I'm going to do with my life? This is like, what was your first big professional gig? That's um, that's a good question. My, I think the, the moment I sort of started to take it seriously was when I was like at university. Mm-hmm. I got cast with Mark Rylance in a in a in a 400th anniversary production of Twelfth Night. And um, it was an all-male production. And, is this and any way related to the, the, the Twelfth Night they did here on Broadway? It is, actually. So it, it was the it's first... It's the greatest production I've ever seen. Oh. Of Shakespeare. Greatest uh, production oh, I've ever it, seen. Mark is phenomenal, and yeah. it was an amazing thing to uh, be a part of. Um, I'm so thrilled you saw it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't in that production, just to be clear. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, yes. I was in the early iteration yes, of it. it. Yeah, and... Um, but it was all male, so I was playing Viola, and and, and Mark was is? playing. Is that what that, that's, this is? That is what that is. Yeah. All right. That's, hold, uh, okay. Hold on. Yeah. So the, this is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's Viola. You are playing a, a, a woman playing a man. Yes. In this case. I am. Yes. I am Viola dressed as Cesario. Yeah. So, uh, but that. What was interesting about it was that I. So Mark, it was an original practices production. It was yes. in the space that a place called the Middle Temple Hall in London, where Twelfth Night was written for. Shakespeare wrote it for this particular space. But I was a student and I didn't know what I was doing. And, and I'd been for an audition, and then I'd thought nothing of it. And then I was in a pub um, in in Notting Hill in London, and I was three quarters of the way through a bottle of wine with a friend, uh, and I got this call from a casting director saying, "Will you come and?" I do a last final audition with Mark. And I arrived drunk. And they, they put me in this re- rehearsal skirt and had me kind of, and Mark was there and he was auditioning with me and, and we were sort of moving around the room. And, and, then, and then suddenly he took the script out of my hand and had me improvise Shakespeare, which was the most horrific and terrifying Wait, thing. Imagine. But I was improvised? Yeah, Shakespeare, I, like... iambic pentameter. But it was, but it was great because I was drunk. So no, so no, so so I, it's the sort of thing which I could never normally do. But I, it didn't did matter. Did you do the thing I, he asked of you? I did the thing I asked. I have no memory of it. I sort of woke up. <laughs> I woke up the next day, and the whole thing was like some sort of weird, sort of hungover dream. And uh, but I got the part, so I was, I was wonderful. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Your kids. Okay, 
What about your, you know, your kids are, how, how old are your children now? Uh, they are six and four. Those are lovely ages. I met your son the other night, Stephen. Yes, lovely. he's six foot four. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is not six he's, years old. He's a, he's, he's a little bit older <laughs> yeah, than that yeah. now. Do they know what dad does? Like, have they seen the, uh, the, 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 the Fantastic Beasts movies? No, they're, they're confused. They, uh, we were in New York and, and Connecticut making The Goodness, and, and we were all out here together. And they came to set once. Um, of the goodness. Of the goodness. Yeah. A but... great film for kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's really heartwarming. Paying for the therapy oh, now. When the, the yeah. music starts. Yeah, exactly. Dance sequence. <laughs> they came to set, and they basically they didn't come onto the set, but they they came to the craft service table. Sure. And which, by the way, in America is a thing. In the UK, it's like really not a thing. Like in the UK, <laughs> in the UK, you're lucky if you get a styrofoam cup with a bit of kind of instant coffee. Yeah. Well, here, here I know craft service is like every candy, every cracker, every anything. It's it, all there. Yeah. My kids think that my job is to go and run a sweet shop. They're literally <laughs> like, and, and uh, so there's that. And then, but they also thought that I was playing the good nurse. Um, and then they caught a glimpse of the trailer for the film, and um, which again was horrific parenting. I don't know why I showed it to them. And, uh, and they realized quite promptly that I am not the good nurse, <laughs> the bad nurse. And they, um, my daughter asked me if um, maybe I could go back to being a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can understand the appeal. Yeah. Eddie, lovely to see you again. So nice Thank to you see so you. much for being here. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. CBS Friday and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Fire's coming to you! Don't miss TV's hottest show, Fire Country. This is a high-complexity rescue with a low chance of success. Follow the rules, then you shave another day off your sentence. Critics call it explosive and pure entertainment. I'm a fella. I'm not fit to be anything else. You're not an inmate. You're a firefighter. Bring it on. Fire Country. New episode Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hey, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, and it is tournament time, people. So listen to the one podcast that will cover every upset, Cinderella, Bracket Buster Sleeper. We've got it all covered, every round, reaction shows, all the way up through the championship game in Glendale, Arizona. To find us, search Eye on College Basketball podcast wherever you get your podcasts.